Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ben Afton, and this is the Digital Project Manager Podcast. Today, I am joined by my new best friend, Robin Reynolds. And today, we're going to be talking about our awesome new DPM project, Dear DPM. Hi, guys. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks, Ben, for having me. I love you, new best friend. <laughs> it's a, it's a, our, our friendship is growing, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but Robin, let's first just talk about you. So for those, you've actually not written an article on the Digital Project Manager before. We're about to, we're about to launch the, your first post. Um, but you've been working on this new project and we'll talk about that in a minute. But, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You are in the Pacific Northwest, are you not? I am. I live in Portland, Oregon. But to be more exact, I live just outside of the city near the Mount Hood National Forest. So basically, I live in like a Pacific Northwest cliche environment. So right outside my window are these like giant cedars and there's a raging glacial stream. And it's quite fun. I quite like it. That's um is it raining right now? It is sunny, blue skies. Crazy. It is for me as well. Yeah. Uh, but normally it is raining, to be to be honest. I don't know what to do with the sun right now. It's weird. <laughs> I went out in the sun earlier today, and it, I actually felt warm, which is uh, a refreshing change for this time of year. But tell us a bit about, uh, so you're in, it sounds like you're in the middle of nowhere, uh, being a remote project manager. I am. Yep, absolutely. Um, so right now I am a uh, senior project manager at a company called Dream 10. We are a small design studio and we focus on a lot of uh, product design and UX. So super fun. Cool. And how did you, um, yeah, how did you start working with them? Like as a, I'm always interested, especially with like remote PMs, how they actually get the job when, when they're remote. How does that yeah, work? Well, let's, Let's start at the beginning. So, right, you know, you get out of college and I always, I kind of by the end of college know I wanted to go into advertising. And unfortunately, my husband, which was my boyfriend at the time, got a great job in Alaska where I'm from. And very nice. Um, So we had to move back up there and it was it was challenging to move back to my hometown, but I started working in a traditional agency. And at the time, we were working with a vendor called 14.4 and um, on a website project. And the girl was named Amanda, and she was a producer. And I wanted to do what she was doing. <laughs> I was, you wanted to be her. I, I was infatuated. And so basically, I hightailed it back out of Alaska um, down to Portland, where I had gone to school and worked at a couple different shops there. Um, so... Uh, I actually, though, for my current position, have to credit digitalprojectmanager.com for getting me my job because this is actually where I saw the job posting. And I was like, "Uh, yes, queen, I'm applying for this. Sounds great. And here we are today. Whoa. Do you know, that is the first time, that is the first success story I've heard. Uh, with the job section. Yeah. And I, I really think that the future of a lot of our work is moving towards remote. And mm. for me, I wanted a challenge of how to craft remote teams and, and build strength and kind of figure out how to run an organization better remotely. 
So, and so how big is Dream 10 then? Um, we're still pretty small. We're about four people and then we'll expand depending on project needs. So what's fun is that um, I work with a lot of international freelancers as well. So I could be on super early in the morning or checking in late at night, depending on different time zones. And so in terms of the clients that you've got, though, who uh, is someone in an office somewhere pretending that they're running a big agency? How does Uh, that work? Well, we're very open that we're remote. And what's different is that I no longer travel for work. Um, When I was at struck previously, I was always traveling to Salt Lake or LA visiting with clients. But now we do a lot of meetings over a web conference, which is Zoom Room. And I found that we're really quick at turning around project timelines. And we're really great at presenting and encouraging our clients to participate through uh, Zoom Room, which I'm obsessed with. So <laughs> cool. So, so every the way that you typically interact with your clients is everyone's remote. So yeah, no one's going to like in-person client meetings? No, not not yet. And we really own that. And I think it, it hasn't been a challenge. Um, you know, when you have your webcam on, you're pretty vulnerable and, and visible to everybody. So, and even on yeah. that note, I mean, I'm showing my house, right? Like you can see what's behind <laughs> yeah. me. You, you can see sometimes my kid. And, and so I think it's just uh, uh, super personable still. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And so what keeps you busy outside of work? There's one thing um, that uh, I do want to ask you about uh, outside of work. I was stalking you on LinkedIn earlier. Okay. And I, I saw you the publicity director for Sons of Norway Anchorage. <laughs> oh, I need to change that. <laughs> um, no. So I, my dad is uh, from Norway. And I come from a pretty heavy Norwegian background uh, in terms of cultural traditions. And my dad was running a lodge up there of Norwegians, right? They get together and they do language classes and they eat Norwegian food. And um, that helped me to strengthen my skills in terms of email and website deployments and all sorts of stuff. So no longer, no longer. Oh, well, you need to update your LinkedIn. I do. I was caught. (laughs) Caught out. You've been apparently on LinkedIn. You've been doing it for like I don't know ten years. I'm very experienced. So yes. I was imp- I was impressed. I was very impressed. So okay. So if you're not doing Sons of Norway anymore in Anchorage, I thought it was interesting. It was a a Norwegian society in Alaska, yeah. uh, but you're doing it from Portland, and I thought that is fascinating. <laughs> no, I'm uh, sorry to disappoint. So what what else are you doing then? Um. Well, I recently turned thirty, and so I don't know why, but I kind of try to make myself uncomfortable a lot more in my free time, which is odd, like doing this podcast, for example. Um, But also I put up a glamping tent at my house and hosted on Airbnb this past summer. And that was really fun. Um, But when I'm not doing weird, uncomfortable things like that, I drink a lot of craft brews here in the Pacific Northwest. I like to visit with friends and, you know, obviously I binge Netflix like all of us so as pe- well especially with you being what sounds like in the middle of nowhere next to your <laughs> ne- next to your trees and stream no so uh <laughs> but what so so apart from you pushed you pitched a tent in your back garden you 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 sold you sold the world or sold the airbnb world on your glamping idea 
But what what other things have you done to make yourself uncomfortable? If this is your this is your thing, make yourself uncomfortable. What's um yeah, what else are you doing um, to be uncomfortable? So another thing I did to make myself uncomfortable and challenge myself is that I climbed the tallest mountain in Oregon, Mount Hood. Um, it's about a 30 minutes drive from my house. And so I was staring at it after I was commuting back from Portland every day for about two years. And I was like, all right, fine, I'm coming after you. And so I, you know, figured out how to get a lot of training hikes in and me and my friend Linda did it. And it was, um, probably one of the hardest, but also most exciting things I've done. That is cool. That three, I was just, I was just Googling it. Hence my kind of sure. uh, just ignoring you for a minute. Three and a half thousand meters, just about. Last erupted in 1907 for those who are interested. It is still active. So still, Was it smoky? No, I mean, you can smell sulfur around. Yeah. Um, and what's really scary is we did it pretty early in the season. And so, um, uh, there was a lot of snowfall and somebody actually ended up dying that day up there, which is very, very sad. So um, be safe while climbing, everybody. Be safe. It's one of those proper mountains that got, that's got snow on it. So yeah. that's a big deal, people. Um, cool. So um, let's talk about Dear DPM. And uh, three months ago, and it was a long time ago, sadly, uh, although Robin and I are both project managers, uh, we wanted to do this properly. So a lot of planning has gone into this. And uh, Robin messaged me totally out of the blue and said, I think we should do an anonymous advice column for digital project managers. And so three months later, here it is. Um, but Robin, this is all your idea. I'm kind of jumping on your bandwagon. Uh, so for those who haven't checked it out yet, um, what is Dear DPM all about? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you, Ben, for being even open to this idea. I know I just kind of randomly pinged you, so I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, but you see, I love, love, love so many different advice columns and podcasts that are out there from Savage Love to Dear Sugar to plain old Dear Abby. There's, I think, something really special and lovely about learning and empathizing with other people's issues and then relating back to them. So for me, I know there's been a lot of times when I've referenced back to those columns or thought back and when I was faced with a similar situation and it's made me all the wiser. So... In our industry, though, as DPMs, we're in an incredibly challenging role and we're constantly dealing with other people's problems and not necessarily focusing attention on our own, right? So we're adapting and facilitating and sending and editing and scoping, but sometimes we're faced with challenges where we just, I think, need to be open with others in our community and consult without showing that weakness or fear to an internal team or a client. So... Um, I just really wanted to create a community where we could provide some third-party advice and see if we can help somebody else out and get a fresh perspective. Yeah, awesome. And so, um, yeah, we posted up some some kind of sample sample questions that that people might want to ask us, and just to yeah help explain the concept. We have a new page on the digitalprojectmanager.com. If you head to the community section. Uh, you'll find Dear DPM, and you can find this new page that we've created there. And on the page, there is a form, 
And all you need to do to uh, submit a question, uh, and the idea is that you can submit it anonymously. So uh, whereas in other kind of forums and settings, uh, there would be a record of you asking this question for all eternity. Uh, the beauty of this is that you're asking it anonymously. And uh, Robert and I receive your question, and then we'll answer um, your dear DPM questions. And we've got, we kind of posted um, a few questions up there already. We'll talk about those in a second. Um, but we gave some sample questions as well. So, for example, have you started a new job and realized you've made a huge mistake? Do you work with a creative diva that drives you up the wall? Or do you get panic attacks from the from the constant ping of Slack notifications. These were all kind of Robin's ideas as sample questions. So I have to ask Robin, are these all, are these all things that you've had yourself? Are these, are these personal issues that you've encountered? Well, I mean, they're kind of pretty universal DPM issues, right? <laughs> I mean, can't you think back to a time when you're like, oh, yeah, I guess, I guess that happened to me. The severity, though, is controversial. So. Yeah. So, I mean... I, uh, I mean, it's, it's tricky to talk about, isn't it? But let's do this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, going to that, uh, starting a new job and realizing you've made a huge mistake. I feel like, to, I have to be honest, almost every time I've started a new job, I felt that way. And, uh, you, <laughs> you start out a new place and all, you know, all of a sudden, all the things that, uh, you realize you were confident in, previously at your at your old job you you suddenly kind of run into new systems and new processes and and new people and you're like i hate this this is awful totally <laughs> and uh i don't know if you've had a similar experience totally and you know i'm over here nodding my head because it's like if you're not experiencing that at a new job i feel like almost you're you haven't started it, maybe? I don't know. Like, I feel like that's a totally human moment um, to, to go through. Yeah. I think I, I remember one um, one agency that I started out at. And I feel like the, the worst kind of jobs where you, where you feel like uh, you've made a huge mistake. So this was my first job when I um, transitioned. wasn't my first job. I guess this was my third job or something. Anyway, so I transitioned from account management to... Uh, a new role. And I was told, um, I went through the interview process. I was perfectly honest about what I did. At the time, I, I was an account manager. I'd been an account exec. I'd moved up to an account manager. I was at like a traditional ad agency. And uh, yeah, so I interviewed at an agency called Dare. And what happened was, was that I was told, hey, yeah, the role is for something called a producer. It's pretty much the same as you've been doing already. Don't worry about that. Um I was like, cool, that sounds interesting. Uh, so my job title changed from account manager to producer. And it was my my first day on the job. And I was handed a project and told, okay, so you need to do, we need an estimate for this, a project plan, a statement of work. And I was like, oh, so what, who, who's the, who's, is there a PM I'm supposed to work with on this? Oh. And they were like, no, you you're doing it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then it was at that point that I realized I'd never actually done created a project plan before. I'd never done an estimate. I'd never done a statement of work. I'd always worked with a PM and uh and they'd done it they'd done it for me. I was just the one that sold it to the client. And uh so that 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 day 
was a uh, was one of those moments where I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is a this was a really bad idea. I have no idea what I'm doing." <laughs> but, oh my god! Um, that was baptism by fire. Thankfully, in that situation, there were some great people at the agency. I was at at Dare. Um, some people who were really really helpful. Uh, they were really supportive, and uh, I didn't kind of I didn't fully reveal how little I knew, uh, but I did have to kind of sneakily watch youtube videos on how to use microsoft project uh, to uh to create these project plans and by, by the end of the day i was like hey i've got this um so hey this these things particularly like the things that we have to create they're not really that tricky um so i was i was away within a within a few days but that was certainly one of my moments where i was like this is such a bad idea what am i doing here oh my gosh i totally agree with like, sometimes you just have to fake it till you make it. Right. And if you, you have to remain humble, obviously in that situation, but you have to be like, okay, I'm going to figure this out because, um, I think at the root of all of us as digital project managers, um, we have this core set of, of, you know, always trying to solve these problems. Right. And skills can be taught since you are now a master of Microsoft project. There we go. Yeah, and I, I think it's so true there. Like we are, I think the fun thing about digital project management is that we, uh, you know, it's it's always evolving. There's always something new. Like the kind of projects that we work on are constantly evolving. So we're not working on the same things that we were working on five years ago. Um, like whereas I used to do like sacks of banner campaigns, um, and yeah, flash cam- like campaign microsites that the client would spend like half a million pounds on for a month long campaign. We don't do that kind of thing anymore, but, uh, but we have much different challenges from like working with action scripts and working with flash. And uh, yeah, the, the, like what I see coming in terms of, you know, working with uh, virtual reality and like, how do you create a user experience in a virtual reality scenario? Um, those are the kind of things that I think, Oh, hold on you have to figure out a way of doing it. And there's a sense in which you are like faking it till you make it because like there's always a first time that you have to do it and you have to kind of establish the process and then refine it. Um, But someone has to kind of show some leadership and work out a plan and see if that plan can be executed. Otherwise you just have a whole load of people who've got no idea what they're doing. Absolutely. And sometimes I like to use the term scrappy right? Like, which has a negative connotation, but it's like, you know, in that circumstance, maybe nobody knows how to get to that end point, right? So we just have to keep trying and uh, adjust a couple of things to get there. Yeah, for sure. So tell us about your creative diva who drove you up the wall. Oh, I've, I've had a few, which (laughs) I bet you have too. Yeah, Um, definitely. But there's, there's a few really standout people that, um, (laughs) I don't know. No names. Lots of storming out of meetings, um, had to come up with very, very unique ways to get a hold of people at times. Um, what's the, uh, what's the, tell us the story about how you've, um, what you've had to do to get a hold of a creative director who's hiding at the pub. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's actually happened. Um, <laughs> well, luckily the pub was in my building. So I would be like, oh, where's so-and-so for this meeting? And I would have to go down and peel them out 
Um, <laughs> and sometimes I would like tell on them, which is kind of facetious, but, um, I don't know. It, one time I held a retrospective as a drinking game and that, that, that got Ooh. everybody present for my meeting. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. Speak that language. Yeah. And, and now what's beautiful about remote work though, is I don't have to, uh, buy people lunch anymore. I don't have to <laughs> do their expense reports or, um, you know, that sort of thing. So I feel quite free. <laughs> well, that's a beautiful thing. Um, but so then, you know, tell me about how you, kind of your experiences of uh, becoming a DPM and obviously like a senior PM now. Um, what's your journey been like in terms of like the support that you've had and, um, you know, how you've coped as you've progressed through your career? Yeah, so I feel incredibly lucky. I have a very strong group of friends that are project managers, producers, account managers, kind of all within that swath. Um, some have been my junior producers and have grown up through the ranks. Others have always been my boss, and I like love them so dearly. Um, so that's always how I've coped, is really relying upon those relationships to gain perspective and, and hear about their experiences. But on that note, I still think that getting like a totally unbiased perspective is super important. Like sometimes yeah. I think through things by talking to other people about them. So I want to provide all of you guys a way to do that um, so that maybe you don't turn to crying in the bathroom. Maybe you, I can just make you feel like you have a lending ear or give you a little digital pat on the back. You know, I'll help you write that ship if you don't have somebody um, to go to, or if you don't like the answer they gave you. So, I mean, Ben, how do you cope? What do you do? Generally cry in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think it's, I think talking to people is always, is always really helpful. And I think, um, yeah, I've been lucky too um, throughout my career, um, either it, it being the, the kind of account person um, that I was working alongside, it was kind of often the case. I'd be working with an account director, and I get on pretty well usually with, with those people. Um, or yeah, or just um, other people on my team. But uh, I think uh, you know, I I do remember some scenarios though in some agencies I've been in when I'm like, hold on. I've got no one to talk to right now. This is really tricky. <laughs> um, and then it becomes really stressful, right? When you're trying to just deal with a situation by yourself and you don't want to necessarily have to escalate it. Um, because like, like you say, as soon as you do like escalate things, sometimes it makes things more serious than they need to be. Um, and uh, sometimes you just need some reassurance that, hey, just keep on going. You're on the right track um, without yeah, like escalating it to the CEO and then all kinds right. of terrible things. And there's <laughs> also been times when my mentor or my boss at the time was like, uh, you're kind of overreacting. And that's been really appreciated too, right? To be like, yeah. You're, yeah. you're freaking out about a dumb thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, do you know, I think it's interesting, like with the, uh, with the shift to more people like working remotely, like whether or not everyone's remote or just some people are remote, um, it, it, I think it can be really easy to overreact to, because a lot of the communication we're doing is written communication. Um, and we're not just walking across the office anymore. 
um, there's so much more potential to uh, like misinterpret people and to accidentally overreact to uh, to totally. stuff. And Slack is like a gold mine oh. for problems, right? Oh, and yeah. I've learned some emojis are like not are naughty. You know, don't don't <laughs> use some. Um, <laughs> but, wait, wait, hold on. I I should probably know this. Which ones shouldn't I be using? Like the twins one, the girls okay. that are twins and dancing. Okay, I don't know that one. Okay, do they not have that in Canada? I don't know. No, I don't think so. I'll send it to you afterwards. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> That's okay. That's one not for you. Um, so, yeah, that's that's always fun to navigate that. And, uh, yeah, are there any... Just kind of moving away from... Um, the kind of like the peer group that you were talking about um like with your with your mentors and other people on your team i know that you're also involved are you not with the portland dpm meetup whoop yeah definitely sorry my mute button was on there but um i'm casually involved with them uh i i don't run it i i'm a avid attendee but um i was just actually on the panel last tuesday um and that was a really fun experience for me i got to talk about um you know ask a pm with everybody and i was one of the four represented individuals and and that was exciting and i love rpm community here in portland because we're not account executives right we're all a little bit of extroverted introverts. And so we'll like get together, we'll talk and then like everybody leaves and the (laughs) events are really well organized. There's drinks, there's food and there's no recruiters. It's just a beautiful place. So that is funny. (laughs) It's funny that that's how you like, you describe the meetup because yeah, I've been to the Vancouver uh, PM meetup. Um, And you know, it's funny, like everyone's quite happy to go along to the meeting but I feel like hardly anyone goes to like the after drinks. Everyone's kind of like, ah, no, I've got other plans. <laughs> so totally, it's, uh, yeah. it's, that's, that's, it's fun. I wonder if that's a universal thing. That's, um, uh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. And nobody ever gets wild or crazy. Everybody's <laughs> in control. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know that? Yeah, that is also very true. Interesting. I love your, yeah your meta-analysis of the the PM meetup. So what was it? What, uh, yeah, you were on a panel. What was the panel being asked about then? It was called Ask a PM. So right. there was four of us. I kind of represented the remote job, right? I'm cool. And then there was a freelancer. There's somebody that moved into client services and another individual that was a strategist. So um, we kind of had several different prompts and then some breakout sessions uh, to support that. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. And by the way, if you're um, hearing about meetups for the first time, again, go to the um, community section of the digitalprojectmanager.com and uh, you'll see we've got a post there all about all the meetups, all the digital project manager meetups that we found. If you've got a meetup and you're not featured on there, let me know and I'll add you to it. Um, but uh, they can be a really helpful uh, source of advice and information and uh, staying up to date with with what's going on, and that kind of leads me to my next question for you. Um, you you're talking about this conferencing tool that uh, that you love, 
Are there, what else have you got in your remote PM toolkit? What do you what do you use to manage your people in your projects? Totally. So my toolkit has shifted as you know, I've moved from primarily in an office environment to being 100% remote. So for me, Slack is really heavily used, right? Um, got to choose the right emojis, got to have the right uh, channels, got to have the right um, conversations going on and, and integrations there. So um, in addition to this, I always rely personally on my own written list. I've learned over the years that I work best with my priority list written down. Anywhere else, I'm going to miss it. Um, and then, and, so this, and this is your priority list is on paper? Yeah. Like I have notebooks and then I'm kind of yeah. weird in that like I will save my notebooks until I'm done with my job. Ooh. Isn't that OCD? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I throw them all away, but it's quite fun. Um, <laughs> it's like a diary of boring entries i know i did i did use to use notebooks um and then it, i did love the aspect that you could go back and like at the top of each page you'd have like a date and you'd be like right. i know exactly what i did on 9th of september 2015 because it's on this page and i'm like oh yeah i remember that <laughs> totally um but you know we're dpm so we're always looking at other tools and i think that's where it's fun i always like to try out different things but what sticks is um far and few in between for me so um so slack so slack Slack, sticks yeah and everything goes into slack pretty much right so but what are you using to like manage your timelines and your like projects more broadly yeah so right now um at dream 10 we're using flow which is a pretty simple version of like trello right or a kanban board and that's been very fun. I can assign my tasks. I can have different channels and and uh, timelines within that. Cool. I've not heard of Flow. Yeah, I hadn't either. But now I'm like an evangelist of Flow. It's great. S- simple cool. is better sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I think, but it, and I think it also depends on the the project, right? I think um, sometimes when we try and use the same tools for like a big project that's like a big technical web build and then you've got a like a strategy like UXC project um like trying to use jira for both just doesn't make sense like <laughs> um totally. so yeah, i think i think we can sometimes like try and tie ourselves down to like okay here's our process and here's our tools and then we have a project that or a client that just doesn't fit within it and then we're like oh yeah that doesn't work um, so I think being more flexible about it, but then integrating with different things. So like having a timesheet system that can integrate with Jira and that um, that can uh, integrate with Asana um, or Flow or whatever it is, I think makes a lot of sense. You know, what's funny is that years ago I went to, I think the inaugural Portland DPM meetup and it was at Instrument, which is a really great shop here. And they were yeah. talking about how they don't, have a set process. And I had a total epiphany where just because you work at this one location and you do things that way, that doesn't mean that every project needs to be that way. You can adapt your tool set. You can adapt your approach depending on the project and your team. And that's okay. And I've really embraced that ever since. Yeah, totally. I think, yeah, particularly if you're working at an agency where you're doing different stuff i think some agencies when they're kind of rolling out the same kind of projects each like each month you're always like working on a 
I don't know, a website redesign project and that's kind of all you do. Like it makes sense to standardize. But if you're doing slightly different things and you're never quite sure what's going to come in the door, um, I think it's always, yeah, always good to stay flexible. Absolutely. So we're kind of beginning to run out of time, but uh, to plug again, uh, the dear DPM, um, head over to the community section of the site um, and you'll find uh, a link there. We've already covered some topics. Um, uh, should I stay or should I go now? All about staying in your job or quitting it. Uh, the little bit lost lady boss. Brilliant title. And I forgot. I've got to be honest. What was that one about? That's about um, a woman that is considering, like, does she, should she leave her job or should she stay there and kind of support financially her family? So, okay, pretty heavy. That is pretty heavy. And then on a much more practical and much lighter note, I just uh, published one today all about timesheets, uh, which is a really, and I think this is actually a really common problem. It's yeah. Uh, my, my team aren't filling in their timesheets. What should I do about it? Uh, so check out the answers to those questions and fill out your own. We'd love to um, have your questions. Um, and we'll be probably doing a few more of these podcasts as we'll be recovering off uh, some more of the questions that come in. But uh, also, if you'd like to contribute to the conversation and you're not part of our Slack team, again, go to the community section of the digitalprojectmanager.com. You'll find a link there to join us on our Slack team. But until next time, thanks for listening.